This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. This is Bunny Michael. When you approach your life from the consciousness of your higher self, then knowing how worthy you are... Every aspect of your life begins to change. Your relationships, your career, your self-care, your body image, everything. Because this is the process of unlearning the conditioning of our culture that raised us to believe we have to prove ourselves to belong. True success starts with knowing how much you deserve. Following your higher self is an awakening process and it's no easy feat. But as you will hear from the callers on this podcast... Our paths might look different, but our journey is the same. Welcome to Exo Higher Self. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 89. Thank you so much for being here. I hope that you're doing well. I hope you had a fantastic week. I had a pretty fun week. It's the summertime, so I've been doing a lot of swimming. We went to a swimming hole the other day. We brought the dog. He just learned how to swim recently, and he's, like, obsessed with it. It's super, super cute. I really love getting myself into water. I feel like it's so healing, and especially when it's natural water. It's just so rejuvenating, you know? It's just so awesome. So I really like the summer for that reason, and I really like to feel sun-kissed and all that stuff. It's so important for us to stay in touch with nature. Nature has so much wisdom, so much inspiration, and it's really easy, especially in this digital age, to forget that there really is nature all around us. Even when we live in a city, I know when I lived in Brooklyn, I would feel kind of disconnected from nature. And then I would be walking down the street and I would hear the birds chirp and then I would see some beautiful plants and flowers and then I would go to Prospect Park and be like, oh yeah, there is nature. Nature is everywhere. And there's so much magic in it. Even when it's something that you don't normally pay that much attention to, for example, a plant in your house. Plants are very, very common. Lots of people have plants. But sometimes I just sit back and look at it and I'm just like, wow, how awesome. We've been growing these tomatoes and we just ate this big fat tomato and it was just so, so cool. It's so easy to forget these little things, these little bits of magic, these little expressions of divinity, but we have to take the time. We have to take the time to look around and remember there is so much beauty everywhere. I also wanted to give a little heads up that our higher self Zoom club will be meeting 
on Saturday, the 23rd. It's normally the last Saturday of the month that we meet, but for this month, we're doing the third Saturday because I'm going to be out of town the last week of July going to my little sister's wedding. So we're going to be meeting Saturday, July 23rd at 4 p.m. Eastern. This is for the Higher Self Zoom Club. It's a space where people ask me questions and then we can share and talk and just meet up with each other and give each other support. If you want to take part in these monthly groups and these monthly Higher Self Zoom Clubs, sign up for an Angels or Miracles tier on our Patreon and I hope to see you there. All right, everyone, let's get to the questions. The following question is from an email. Hi, Bunny. Thank you for your podcast and for answering my question. I recently stopped shaving my body hair. Shaving just feels wrong to me, and I feel more comfortable not shaving. However, every time my mom and sister see my leg or armpit hair, they have a very negative reaction, telling me it's gross and weird and that I should start shaving again. My cousin's wedding is coming up, and I'm feeling anxious about wearing a dress where my body hair might be visible. I don't know what my other family members will think. I'm worried they will tell me it's gross or maybe just gossip about it behind my back. I want to feel comfortable and confident in my body, but my mom and sister's negative reaction is making me feel self-conscious. How can I feel confident and deal with the negative reaction of others? Thank you so much. You know, the judgment on body hair is a reaction to white supremacists patriarchal conditioning. Body hair is shamed because it doesn't fit in to a beauty standard that was created through the lens of white supremacy and patriarchy, where hair is ugly. I remember growing up and feeling so self-conscious about the hair on my body, about having a mustache, so ashamed And there's a very, very long documented history about why we have this perspective, why we're conditioned to believe this. And it's all based in white supremacist patriarchy. From the time that colonizers colonized indigenous folks and created categories of race where some were inferior and some were superior, they actually cataloged physical attributes. It was all based on physicality, and it was about body hair, and it was about body shape. And these were supposedly scientific models. And there was a time where science actually said that women had smaller brains or weren't capable of making rational decisions. This was all backed by science. So we come from this lineage of being taught to see things from a certain lens. And that's why your mom and your sister are reacting like that because they have been conditioned in that way too. And it's not their fault. It's not their fault. But it is reflective of their lack of awareness. And you as somebody in their family who is showing them something different, what you're doing is incredibly generous. It's incredibly healing whether they're conscious of it or not. People react to things that they're afraid of. They're afraid of what they don't understand. And so you being their sister and their daughter and having body hair, they're worried that they're gonna be judged because they're related to you. It's just, it's all comes from this really dark place. And it's so silly, isn't it? It's just hair, we grow it, it's natural. 
these rules that have been created are just made up ways of judging people. So when it comes to going to your cousin's wedding, the way that I like to think about it is it's really about your level of comfort. It's really about you and your expectations of your family. Like it's okay if you shave for the wedding because you don't want to deal with family members saying dumb shit. Like it's okay. It's kind of like when I go to a party or maybe like a family function and I have to decide whether or not to tell people my correct pronouns or correct my pronouns. Like sometimes I don't want to correct my pronouns, not because I feel ashamed of being non-binary, but because I just actually don't have the capacity to deal with whatever reaction or to be vulnerable to whatever reaction that that person might have. Like I just don't want to deal with it. And it's the same thing when it comes to like how you look or how you present. It's really about what makes you feel safe. And even if you shave because you don't want to deal, doesn't mean that you're betraying feminism or equality. It just means you're trying to get through a wedding. And if you do decide not to shave, that's beautiful too. That's awesome. And your courage in doing that can be really inspiring to other people who see it. I mean, you don't know. You could have a cousin who was afraid to not shave and then they see you show up at the wedding unshaven and they are like, oh, wow, that's so cool. I could have not done that. Like when you are authentically yourself, there will be people who have negative reactions because of their own unhealed parts. And there will be people who are really inspired by it and actually helps other people be more authentically themselves as well. Like it would have been amazing to me if growing up, somebody had told me that my body hair was okay. It would have been so awesome if I had somebody to look up to who said, hey, guess what? You know, you're, you were created perfectly and beautiful and just how you are. You don't have to be ashamed. So as people on this path of our higher self, we are leaders in representing equality, love, compassion, self-awareness, higher consciousness, we see through that lens. The lens of our higher self is knowing that yes, we come from a world of hierarchical beliefs. We've been conditioned by these hierarchical beliefs, but we're in the process of unlearning that and helping other people unlearn that. And sometimes that means doing something where we're being criticized but that it's ultimately the right thing to do. So kudos to you. Your hair is beautiful. You're healing your family, whether they know it or not. Have fun at the wedding. You deserve it. Sending you lots of love. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. 
Download the new Bumble now. The following question is from an email. Hi, Bunny. I am 27 years old, and a year ago I found out I am autistic. This realization has changed my life in such drastic ways. I went from literally hopelessly depressed since high school to sustainably happy and at peace. Mind you, it did take nine months of full existential crisis in between. I am at a point where I don't need therapy, but just a coach to help me prioritize, organize, and plan. Recently, I did a pilgrimage and met a couple of wonderful people on the trail. With one specific person, I felt a really strong connection as well as physical attraction. This was reciprocated, at least on a platonic level. For me, it was the first time I wanted to be touched by someone in a very long time, which was amazing to notice in itself. Unfortunately, he was in a monogamous relationship, and I did not feel like complicating things. But meeting this person inspired me to try dating again. I have been on the apps for three days now, and I don't know how to handle the insecurity it triggers. I don't know how to deal with all the input. It takes a lot of energy, and being autistic makes it socially more challenging. Two and a half years ago, a relationship ended in quite a traumatic way, and I noticed that this is also surfacing. I was incredibly close to this person as we went through a lot together, but he cut me out of his life in a very disrespectful way. Before dating my ex-partner, I was sexually very active and loved getting to know people through the apps, but after we broke up, I could not enjoy it anymore. Then, with last year, I just did not have the energy or mental space to get to know someone or build a relationship because I was just busy working on myself. I've been happily single, something I was not capable of in my depressive years. But now, I do want to put myself out there again and open myself up to my life. I don't have much luck meeting people offline because my hobbies are quite individual, and I often have a hard time going to parties or bars. I'm not sure if I have a single question at it boils down to, but I'm sure you have something very wise to say about this. Hi, babe. Well, I'm so happy for you that you've done all of this inner work and you are fully accepting yourself and loving yourself and coming out of a depressive episode. That's so awesome to hear. And so now you're ready to get back to dating and ready to get back on the apps. Well, just because you've been working on yourself and you've grown and you've evolved, and you have more self-awareness, doesn't mean it's not still going to be challenging. To meet new people, to be in relationships, to go on dates, it's challenging because you're vulnerable. You're putting yourself out there. And society has put all of this pressure, all this conditioning on us that the status of our romantic relationships gives us value right? We're ingrained from a very early age that we're supposed to meet one person that completes us. And until we meet that person, we need to be searching, improving ourselves, you know, getting on that wagon. And so we go into the dating world with all of this nervous energy because whatever happens in this date or whatever happens in this relationship could make or break our value could mean we have a life of happiness or a life alone. That's the conditioning that we're all walking in with this. Even if we have the awareness to know that a lot of that is bullshit, it's still part of our psyche. So what I would recommend is to try to not take it too seriously. If you go into the dating world or on the apps, with the goal being meeting somebody that you're going to spend the rest of your life with, the process of achieving that goal 
is probably going to be pretty miserable because every time it doesn't happen, you're going to feel like it's failing, you're failing, you're going to question your worth, you're going to have a bad time or you're going to have all these bad dates because it wasn't with somebody that fit that checklist of possible forever people or long-term people. But if you enter into the dating world with an open heart, open to possibility, without expectations and say, you know what, I'm going to give this a try to have a new experience, meet new people, and possibly have a connection. When you take that pressure off of yourself, when you take the pressure off of your date to give you self-confidence, it makes the whole thing way more pleasurable. You can be way more present. You can actually connect to the humanity in the person rather than seeing them as a projection of whether or not you're good enough. Part of the hard thing about the technology of dating apps is that it takes away a lot of the humanity in the process because you're just looking at these pictures, you're swiping really quickly, you're making these really fast judgments. There seems to be like an endless pool of people that you can choose from. And it reminds me of when I'm looking to watch a movie at home and I have to choose between like HBO or Netflix or Prime or Hulu and there's like all of these options. I could pretty much watch any movie I could think of. I can't decide. It's just too much. It's too much information. But when I just have a few choices to make, I can make a clear decision. So there is an overwhelm with the amount of people that are on your phone in the dating app. It can feel overwhelming. And if you feel yourself getting overwhelmed, take a break. You know, if you're not enjoying it, take a break. If you're not in the mood, if you're maybe you're feeling sensitive, don't go on the app. Before you go on a date, check in with yourself. Ask yourself, what are my expectations for this? Am I putting my confidence into this experience? How can I be grounded in my higher self before I go on that day, before I get on that app? It's the same as like social media, for example. It's so important before you log on to Instagram, and I know this isn't always easy, but I recommend before you log on to Instagram to ask yourself, why am I getting on here? Am I getting on here to compare myself to other people, to judge myself, or am I getting on here to have an authentic connection, to get inspired, to say hi to my friends? There's a big difference in your intention. And that's part of the path of connecting to our higher self. We're building more self-awareness. We're building more intention. We're raising our consciousness to understand our own motivations so that we don't end up depending on outside validation. And it's also funny because in the process, when you fully accept yourself, if somebody else isn't treating you well, you'll see that red flag right away and you'll take a different path. It actually makes you much more clearer in your decisions when you know your own worth. So have fun. Don't take it too seriously. If you're feeling overwhelmed, log off. And it's just one step at a time. You have plenty of time. You're going to have plenty of relationships. You're going to go on many, many dates. Try to be present and enjoy yourself. Hey, Bunny. Hey, Kara. You know what's cool about this podcast? What? That we get to help people and bring them together. Yeah, it's really, really cool. But we need help too, don't we? <laughs> yeah, we do. I mean, everybody does, right? For access to bonus content and to help support this podcast, 
please become a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com forward slash exo higher self. We couldn't do this work without you. Our Patreon and our subscribers are keeping this podcast sustainable. So don't forget to show your love. Everybody needs help and support. Thanks, y'all. Hi, Bonnie. Uh, First off, I want to thank you for your brain, (laughs) for your heart, for everything that you do. Um, It's super, super appreciated. So thank you so much. Um, And today I'm calling because lately I've been having some realizations about my childhood. Um, And, well, no doubt, of course, they affect the day-to-day. So um, I was calling you because I was trying to see if I can get some perspective on this from you. So I'm going to tell you a little bit of story background so you can um, get where I'm coming from. So um, when I was growing up, you know, as a, as a brown kid. And, um, I feel like where I grew up, it was like mostly like more like white passing white people, whatever. Um, and this was made very apparent to me. Um, because like I said, when I was a kid, I feel like I wasn't on the same maturity level as other kids my age. Um, like in school, in my grade, um, I would do really good in school. I would get really good grades, but when it came to be like social with kids, when they were like make jokes or would like, you know, play around, I feel like I wouldn't get it. I feel like a lot of things would need to be like explicitly explained to me because if not, they would go like over my head. Um, so I feel like this made it easy, like, and other things I feel to like for people to come up to me with their unsolicited advice or like, kind of like critiques and stuff about what I was doing, wearing, or how I would say things. Um, I don't know. I was like, I, I was just a kid that <laughs> wouldn't be like present a lot of the time. So I wouldn't be perceived by people. Like I wouldn't, I'm sorry. I wouldn't, um, I would forget that people perceived me. When I was a kid, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think of stuff like that. You know what I mean? So a lot of people would be like, oh, you're doing this. Why don't you do this and that or whatever? Um, so there was this specific instance um, that really, like, stayed with me, um, there was, like I said, in my school, it was, like, majority of white people, um, so one time this girl that I didn't even know, um, came up to me to tell me that, um, she just grabbed me from my arm, like, not in a a hurtful way or anything, she just grabbed my arm and put it right next to hers, and she, uh, pointed to her arm, and she said, pretty, and then she pointed at, at mine and said, ugly, um, because like I said, I'm a, I'm a brown person. And I was, I, I was a kid that, that blew my mind, honestly, because I was like, what is happening right now? Um, I just, and that just like, I don't even know if I said anything to my parents or anything because it just took me out, honestly. Like, and I feel like a lot of people would like do that type of stuff. Um, and not as, as, um, as blunt as this girl did because she was also a kid. Um, and I'm sure she, she was just like, regurgitating the same stuff that she heard at home or whatever um but I feel like my family members as well like I feel like they would chime in a lot with like their unsolicited opinions and I feel like I I I it's weird that I feel like I never realized like you know when people come up with their opinions I internalize them and that's something that I have been working on in therapy but uh my 
my question is after all of this, is like, I feel like now as an adult, I still like when people want to say, even if it's not necessarily a bad thing, that they just want to give me like, oh, if you would wear this, your hair would look better or, you know, stuff like that, because I also have like curly hair. So, um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't fit to the white narrative. Um, so I feel like my, my, my question is like how, like, because I don't want to like, I know I'm going to still be affected because I have those triggers of like my childhood and stuff like that. But I just don't want to let that affect me. And sometimes I feel like I do want to say some things back like, okay, it's none of your business or whatever, but I don't want to engage in a way that is just going to make me, uh, leaving me feel more like more hurt, if, if that makes sense. So if you have any perspective on that on how to like, you know, work around that, uh, around those triggers. Um, I would really appreciate your help. Um, sorry if this was long, <laughs> um, but thank you so much for listening and thank you for everything that you do. Love you. Bye. Hi, love. Well, I totally relate to your call and your experience. I too grew up as one of the only brown kids in in mostly all white school, um, all white neighborhood. And there were countless amounts of things that kids or kids' parents said that were racist to me. And at the time as a child, I didn't really understand it. All I understood was that I felt ugly or I felt less than. As children, we don't really understand institutionalized racism, right? But all of those experiences are really traumatic because it's abusive, Racism is abusive. And even though other kids might not fully understand why they're saying what they're saying or their parents put those ideas in their head, it still is part of a lineage of generations upon generations of oppression, of colonization, of enslavement, of genocide. I mean, let's be real. Racism is poison. It's dangerous. It has enforced countless murders, countless sexual assaults, countless abuse, and it still happens in the world. So we are so conditioned to almost feel like unjust in defending ourselves against it, against somebody's comments, against somebody's criticism of our looks. It's almost like we feel bad to bring it up, to say, actually, no, that's not okay. Like, we're the one with the problem. Like, we're taking it too seriously. And that's also part of racism. That's also part of the oppression. To blame ourselves. To shame ourselves. The thing is, babe, you're still healing from that stuff. You're still understanding it. You're still understanding how it's affected you and how you see yourself. And how you defend yourself or stand up for yourself or speak out for your needs and your boundaries. And that's part of the healing process is understanding that you have every single right in the world to tell somebody what you just said was not okay with me. What you just said triggered me. Actually, I don't want to talk about my hair. I mean, even the subject of hair is there's so much history of racism over hair. There's so much history of racism around body shape, fat phobia. Fat phobia is part of systematic racism. When quote-unquote Western science and eugenics defined certain body shapes as ideal white bodies and said anything outside of that scope was unhealthy, 
It was based in racism. And we carry all of that stuff, all of that bias with us. We carry it with us when we have reactions with other people, when we judge other people. We carry it with us when we judge ourselves in the mirror. It's painful. It's a painful thing. But we're here together to help each other unlearn the beliefs about ourselves that our trauma poisoned us with. We have to heal by loving ourselves, by understanding that all of those things that happen to us does not mean that we're not worthy or we're not beautiful. So I think that part of the next process in your healing is to practice using your voice. Because as a child, you didn't have the awareness of how to protect yourself. But now you're an adult, you're intelligent, you're wise, you're healing, and you're continually understanding your power. And part of the healing process is to step out of your comfort zone and say the things that need to be said. It doesn't mean you always have to say something, but when it comes to the people that are important in your life, they need to know what your triggers are. They need to know what you feel sensitive about, even if they didn't mean it like that. It's an important discussion to have. I have a ton of sensitivities around certain subjects because of the racism I experienced. And even Kara, my spouse, understands that. Like, say, for example, this is kind of silly, but actually it's not silly. When we first moved into our house upstate, I was really upset at Kara for leaving mess on our porch because I was worried that people were going to judge me, the Mexican person moved in as like messy or poor. (laughs) And even though it's not fair that I feel that way, Kara also understands that that trigger is very real and they need to be accommodating to that. We're still healing. Like I'm not ready to have a messy porch and not, and, and not assume that people think I'm, you know, a poor Mexican person. I'm working on it. So I'm right there with you, sweetheart. You're so beautiful, just how you are. And you deserve to be treated with respect. And you deserve to be treated with kindness and tenderness, especially around your wounds. I'm sending you so much love. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, Bunny. I have really loved your podcast and been listening to it, I guess, for over a year or so now. It's really helped me. Thank you so much for everything you do. 
Um, I'm calling, like, a lot of people calling about, um, I just got out of a really complicated relationship. And there was a lot of difficulties that had been in the relationship. And, like, the last straw for this person, and they broke up with me because I, like, very quiet, I don't know, quietly posted about pride and came out as non-binary. It was like a very um, heteronormative relationship, probably the most I've ever had in my life or even or since high school. Um, and, it's, you know, part of that is fine. And like, but I have also, I was also just really shocked to be broken up with over something that is I don't know. It doesn't seem like that big of a deal to me. It seems like non-binary feels like a very comfortable, fluid, and like non-aggressive identity. Or and anything like I feel mostly just like a fluid person. I'm still very much like female presenting and feminine, and and in, in my sexuality, I'm very like I guess you know feminine, you know, in that role, and I, I enjoy that, um, but I still, like, feel part of the community, and I know how I how I am, and the relationship itself was really complicated. Um, it was, um, we were, I moved to another country to be with him, and, um, and obviously we're from two different cultures. Um, I'm from the U.S., which is, like, very privileged, and he was from a, a much more not less privileged country and came from a place of less privilege. And when I met him, he was in a complicated uh, relationship with a woman 25 years older than him who was supporting him and paying for his life um, and getting him work and and paying for his rent, and he's an artist, so she was, like, buying his paintings and trying to sell the paintings and paying for his place to live and things like that. And we had a complicated, like, on-again, off-again romance for a year, unfortunately, behind her back. And then last year, it was, like, a two-year relationship. Last year, he asked me out. Hi, love. So you got cut off, but... I do want to address what I was able to get, the information that you were able to share, even though I didn't get the full background on your partner and all of that kind of thing that you were talking about. But what I do want to address is the breakup and him breaking up with you for coming out as non-binary. And I'm really, really sorry that that happened. And it's really, really disappointing because in that moment of your courage and coming out in such a beautiful public way, your boyfriend overshadowed that moment for you with this breakup and it wasn't fair. I think we all have obviously the freedom to be with whoever we want to be with, but it really sucks when somebody who supposedly cares about you doesn't support your authenticity. And this is very telling information because it means that you are not compatible. You deserve to have a partner who supports who you are, who supports your growth, 
your awakening, your evolution, the full expression of yourself. You deserve people in your life that are applauding you for shining your light, not shaming you. And what happens when people are their authentic self, what happens when you decide to come out or when you decide to share with people something about yourself, there are going to be people in your life that don't support it. And part of your growth and your healing is accepting that the only people that you should have in your life are the people who are treating you with respect and care and acceptance. And you getting out of this relationship or him bringing up with you, you dodged a bullet. Because I can guarantee you, like, this might be the first issue that he had that he didn't like about you. But even if you hadn't come out as non-binary, I guarantee further on down the line in your relationship, he was going to have an issue with something else, with you growing in some other way. Because from his perspective, he wants to keep you in a box and he wants a certain type of person. And if you don't check that list, that cishet list, heteronormative list of fitting into that status quo, then it's not going to work for him. So the two of you are obviously on different paths and your path is way more fun. (laughs) No, I'm just, I'm just really proud of you. And as another non-binary femme, it's not always easy to deal with people's judgments and people's biases, but it's really great and wonderful to know that you're free to be exactly who you are, that how you feel inside can shine out. Whenever somebody asks me about being non-binary, I always think about it in terms of my spirituality. I identify with my spirit and my spirit is non-binary. I don't feel limited by gender, truly in my essence, truly in my heart. My spirit is beyond binary. And that's kind of been my understanding of it. And everybody has a different understanding of it. Everybody has a different reason, different inspiration. But the whole point is that it isn't about what you look like, who you're in relationship with. It's about how you feel in your heart. And I'm just proud of you for staying true to your heart. Good job. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you to everyone who is sending in questions and sharing your story, sharing your vulnerability. It is so generous and so giving. Keep sending in questions, y'all. We are about to record a huge batch of episodes in advance, so we need more questions. No topic is off limits. Don't be shy. Or you can be shy and send it anonymously in an email written form too. (laughs) Whatever works for you. All right, take care of yourself this week. Look out for each other. Get out into nature. Go swimming. Go for a walk. Listen to the birds. Remind yourself that we're all connected and part of this interdependent, beautiful planet and that we're all part of one collective consciousness. I love you so much and so does your higher self. Talk to you next time. Bye. 
EXO Higher Self is recorded in Brooklyn, New York, hosted by me, Bunny Michael, produced by Kara Gilvey, with original music and sound mixing by Michael Bihari.